Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. I'm Keith Bonewas, and I'm joined in the booth today by Stan Farmer and, and Sil Michelin. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is uh, Portugal versus France, uh, a little bit for destination for retirees. But it, to my mind, it sounds like a great uh, World Cup quarterfinal match. It's a European soccer classic. Love uh, it. Uh, Portugal will lose because that's what Portugal does in the World Cup, despite Cristiano Ronaldo. But Ronaldo, Mbappe, obviously, is an intriguing matchup of European stars. Uh, though in in twenty uh, in twenty sixteen in the European Championships, the French lost to the Portuguese uh, along the way, and the Portuguese won the title for the first time. That's right in their history. And France had a reputation of being kind of World Cup chokers particularly in the 80s uh they lost famous semifinals in 82 and 86 but this is not keith uh you know goes on and on about soccer that's my other podcast in fact uh this we're going to talk about why france and, and portugal why in particular uh sil why are we talking about these two two countries yeah so i mean it may seem a bit random but but really it's not um you know these two countries happen to be uh destinations that are pretty popular with people, I think mostly for for lifestyle or, or weather related reasons, um, but really in uh, in reality they can also be very tax advantageous for a lot of retirees in particular and and American retirees. And and what's interesting about it is it's it's very counterintuitive, right? Because I think a lot of people would think about countries like France and Portugal as being your typical. Um, very high tax European countries, and you'd imagine moving there and being taxed at 60%. Um, but that's not actually the case. When you really understand um, the intricacies of local tax law, uh, there are ways that you can make it work to your benefit. So uh, we thought it'd be interesting to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, in, in in both cases, some of this advantageousness is because of recent changes in the, in the law, and in particular in Portugal stand, uh, it almost seems like a concerted uh, marketing effort. Their their tax changes to to bring uh, retirees to to Portugal. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's right, Keith. You know, after the the, the financial crisis and and Portugal being the pea and the pigs, as it were, um, you know, Portugal's had to think a little bit outside of the box and how to uh, stimulate their economic growth. And part of that has been, uh, you know. How do we attract uh, wealthier foreigners to our country? Uh, let's just be blunt about it. I mean, there's been a concerted effort to do that. And, and, and uh, there's been several things that have been done uh, in the legal system. Um, and, and three different ones that come to directly to mind, but the largest of the three uh, I think is the the non habitual residence program, which is a, a special tax status that you can hold in Portugal for ten years, and it's in some ways similar to what they have in the U United Kingdom as far as being able to elect to be on the remittance basis. Uh, Portugal calls it non habitual residence, and and the program works a little differently, but for at least for a ten year period. Um, it can uh, it can be very very advantageous for foreigners to uh, to live in Portugal and 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 avoid uh, most if not all of the uh, the taxes that would uh, befall your income while you're there. And then uh, as well in France, there have been some changes that have made uh, France a little bit more attractive to uh, expatriates. Uh, you know, some of those were to 
kind of lure French people back across the the channel from from the UK, right? Yeah, I mean, so they've been trying to do that. There was also uh, a tax reform implemented in 2018 uh, by the Macron government uh, to implement, among other things, what they call the flat tax, where uh, investment income is being taxed at a more attractive rate. Uh, when I say more attractive rate, it's all relative because it's still a fairly high rate, uh, but it's certainly more attractive uh, than it used to be. And then uh, for Americans, in some sense, on their U.S.-based investments, they don't have to worry about that that flat rate, right? Right, and that's so. That's the beauty of France as a potential destination for for an American is that there are very very unique um, features within the. Uh, tax treaty between France and the U.S. Um, that, that make it very attractive, right? So I think between the three of us, we've spent a lot of time reading different income tax treaties that the U.S. has with different countries around the world. Uh, I think we can all agree that there, there's no treaty quite like the one with France in the sense that the treaty with France has some very meaningful benefits available to Americans living in France. Um, and to summarize those benefits uh, in a nutshell, uh, they mostly have to do with French income tax, right? And French income tax on investment income that is derived from the U.S. And there's a particular article in the treaty that basically says that if you're an American living in France, you will be effectively exempt from French taxes on your uh, U.S. income if it's in the form of U.S., uh, interest or, or, or U.S. dividends. Um, and capital gains, correct? And, and capital gains, absolutely, on, on movable assets. So it, it's very attractive. It's very unique. I'm not aware that there's any other tax treaties around the world uh, that has uh, similar benefits. And uh, I think the, the really it, it's something that's unique to France uh, in the way that it treats certain types of, uh, of foreign incomes. And, and that makes it pretty attractive for Americans, right? Because hypothetically, if you're an American and you're, say, uh, retired, right? And so if all of your income is derived from U.S. sources, such as, you know, pensions and Social Security or, or an investment portfolio, um, then you could be in a situation where you effectively have no French tax liability because some treaty benefit make your uh, U.S. sourced income exempt from French taxation. So there's a few important caveats um, uh, uh, that go along with it that I can, I can get into, but at a very high level, um, that those are benefits that are available to you under the, the terms of the U.S., France income tax treaty. Yeah. And, and so sort of related to that, that, you know, you mentioned there at the end as well, like U.S. Social Security only taxed in the United States, right? So that's beneficial. U.S. pension. Uh, France is one of the, the kind of interesting countries around the world where you know your Roth will travel well there as well. Yeah. So generally any, um, any U.S. Uh, IRA distribution uh, is treated as a form of, of pension income. And, uh, and would not be taxed at French rate, right? So you would only be taxed at U.S. rates. So, Stan, what about this uh, habitual non-residents? Uh, I, I think of, NHR. by the way. NHR, non-habitual resident. Mm-hmm. So I got, I was HNR, not NHR. HRN? Uh, in any case, uh, <laughs> you know, we get too, down the, too far down the acronym. Uh, what, are, what are the advantages, how about that, for living in, in Portugal? Well, okay, um, 
And we can contrast this a little bit to the uh, the treaty-based benefits that Americans get in France, right? Because as Syl aptly put it, it's, it's like terrific for retirees in France. But if you're working, uh, NHR can still work to your advantage because uh, not only are you going to possibly not pay Portuguese tax on some of your investment income and your pension in Portugal or pay very little, to the point where it's you know almost a wash after you pay your U.S. taxes and apply foreign tax credits. But if you're working, so this is applies to all age groups, right? If you're working and you're on an NHR visa and you have Portuguese source income, then um, they'll flat tax you at 20%. And given the fact that uh, if you're a higher earner in Portugal, you can easily with solidarity tax and some other tax get above the 50% marginal tax bracket. Uh, 20% sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, and and, uh, this is uh, making the case maybe for Portugal as a place for quote-unquote digital nomads to to consider, right? Nomads are good because, I mean, again, the the NHR program has an expiration date, right? It's 10 years. And then you revert to you're a Portuguese tax resident. Whereas, uh, you know, if you're retiring, hopefully you're retiring for more than 10 years and you're going to eventually lapse past that, right? You may screw up and overlive your welcome tax-wise, <laughs> right? Death and taxes uh, somehow combine in this way in a, in a kind of unique way. So go to Portugal while you're young and then if you outlive your welcome move to France. That's that's uh, ultimately the takeaway from this well, podcast. Right? Well, uh, not necessarily, right? Because one of the issues but is... But don't well, die in France. Move back somewhere else before you, yeah. right before you're going to die. And, and that uh, is the next step of this kind of retirement conversation. So France sounds pretty appealing. What are the, the drawbacks to, to France for an American retiring there? Yeah. So some of the important things to uh, keep in mind is so all the benefits that I outlined, they apply specifically to U.S. sourced pension and investment income. If you work there, uh, obviously you're going to uh, incur the usual um, income uh, tax rate in France, which can be very high. Um, and not only that, but so you still have to report your U.S. sourced income, right? So it's not a free pass to just pretend it doesn't exist. You still have to report it and uh, potentially can contribute to pushing you up into a higher tax bracket. So if you have other sources of income, um, it can still uh, cause you to, to, to uh, can still increase your tax liability a little bit. We call that stacking, right? So yeah, exactly. So, uh, and that's why we highlighted how beneficial it is specifically for retirees who can just, you know, rely entirely on, on, on U.S. sourced income and still benefit from, you know, cheaper cost of living and cheaper healthcare in France. But um, I think, an important thing to keep in mind is, you know, if you go to France and you stay there long term and you you, you become uh, domiciled in France, then you're going to be exposed to French inheritance tax at some point in time, right? So, uh, and French inheritance inheritance tax rates are very very high and exemptions are very low, right? So, for example, if you want to transfer assets to your children, the standard exemption is a hundred thousand euros only, and uh, and tax rates can go all the up to 45% for um, someone who's you know, directly um, uh, related to you. And for unrelated parties, like you know, if you want to give money to a third party, the rate can go up to 60%. So, uh, you know, France is an attractive place to go for an American for, uh, from an income tax point of view. But, you know, there are no real benefits available to you as far as uh, death taxes are concerned. So that's something to keep in mind. Is there a a threshold that if you've lived in France for X number of years, then you're subject to estate taxes there? Or is it 
you take up residence and you're immediately. So, I mean, there's, there's some benefits for the first five years, uh, I believe, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's always tricky to navigate, right? Because I think if you establish roots in France, uh, and you're, you're truly domiciled there, um, then it kind of is up to uh, interpretation, whether mm-hmm. you, uh, you could be subject to inherit to inheritance taxes or not. What about Portugal? Well, um, Here's here's a really concise uh, thing. Um, there there are no uh, gift or inheritance taxes in Portugal. Those were abolished a few years ago. That was one of the three things that you know be, made Portugal uh, sexier for the would be American expat, right? So, um, no inheritance or gift taxes. Um, there is something called stamp duty when you transfer assets, either upon death or, or during your lifetime. It only applies to Portuguese assets. So think about like if you end up buying your retirement home and living in Portugal um, and, and you pass that on, um, there's a 10% flat tax. So that's, that's substantial. Um, but even that, huge caveat here, no stamp duty when assets are transferred to uh, a lineal descendant, like your child or your grandchild, or your spouse. So pretty good, pretty sweet all around. And in France as well, there's no inheritance tax if you pass it to your to your spouse. Correct. Correct. Um, there can still be gift tax, but there's no inheritance tax if you pass it to your. And, spouse and this is that. actually one of the unique things about uh, the European Union is certain countries do actually tax transfers between spouses. Um, so it's something if you are thinking about retiring, even not to France or Portugal that you're going to want to keep in mind and look at those rules and, and talk to, you know, someone like us. Speaking of talking to, to someone like us, uh, you know, uh, for people who are maybe weighing this decision, thinking about retiring abroad, thinking about France or Portugal, in addition to talking to one of you guys or even me if they're really in a bind, um, what what kind of recommendations would you make for them to investigate before before they move? Yeah, I mean, as far as France, I think it, before you move would be a good time to reassess your portfolio. Um, you know, uh, just as a very simple, practical example, uh, as I outlined, a lot of the benefits that you can get from an income tax point of view in France only apply to U.S. sourced income. And this is applied pretty strictly by the French fiscal authorities in the sense that if you have investments in, say, you know, a mutual fund or an ETF that invests in European and Asian stocks. Well, you know, guess what? Even if it's a U.S. ETF or U.S. mutual fund, that is not U.S. sourced income, right? So um, you may, for example, want to apply a strategy that I apply with a lot of my clients, uh, which is one where we use IRAs and retirement accounts to hold a lot of your international exposure and uh, concentrate your taxable accounts in U.S. investments, right? That could be a very fairly small adjustment that you can make to your portfolio, but that would make it so much more tax efficient. And that's just one of the examples of some practical steps that you can take to improve your your uh, your position before moving to France. Mm-hmm. Stan? Yeah, and I would say, look, in general, right, if you're moving anywhere, um outside of the United States, uh, you're going to want to talk to someone um, 
who has some knowledge about the local legal system and um, go through your existing estate plan, okay? And just to make sure that you're not doing something uh, that's going to trigger unforeseen tax consequences where you're moving to, okay? That would certainly apply to France, right? Um, But it would also apply to Portugal, even though I've already said there are no inheritance taxes and so on, Um, especially if you have what we would call a more complicated or complex estate plan, right? Or if you're coming from family wealth and you already are the beneficiary or future beneficiary of certain structures like trusts, right? Anytime you're dealing with trusts that were created in the United States and you're moving somewhere else where a different legal system uh, might apply um, to distributions from said uh, vehicles, you you really need to... uh, uh, probably get some legal expertise uh, from the the local environment, and and if you can do that before you move, um, perhaps some changes can be made that to modify these things that avoid massive headaches in the future. So that to me is always a, a key message to the would be expat. Stan stole my thunder, which is always trusts don't travel well is is the kind of tagline that I like to go with um, in France, for instance, you have to report them you know in in uh, Germany they also po- can pose a problem, so you want to really think through those and also start considering you know uh, alternate gifting strategies strategies for moving assets around taking advantage of this you know the larger u.s exemption 22.4 million for a married couple um you can you can do some stuff that used to maybe not solve the problem uh but will in certain cases um one thing that you know you should talk to uh people about uh you know financial planners and estate planning attorneys uh is gift and usufruct in in france in particular in terms of how you you know transfer assets um and i think we're we're planning on a whole usufruct podcast at some point aren't we (laughs) uh the guys uh, podcast uh, is the acronym that we're going to use uh, for for uh, uh, Uh Otherwise, you know, both of you guys have lived there. Uh, what's the number one thing that appeals to that might appeal to you um, if if you were to go back? What what's drawing you that back there? For people who are you know more of a lifestyle thing. Still, I know you never want to return to France, um, but you know. I can say nice things about France, having lived there. Montpellier is lovely. Montpellier is a nice town. But yeah, I think the reason you would move there is very simple. One word. Food. That's a very good word. It's one of my favorite (laughs) words. See, and that's not the word I was going to go with. I was going to go with wine. But, you know. (laughs) The beauty is you can combine the two. Yeah, well, you know. Something uh, even more beautiful. (laughs) As France, uh, you know, we've updated our tax code now to restore the three martini lunch here in the United States. Has France... That probably never went away in France, did it? <laughs> the three, the three wine glass, uh, you know, uh, 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 lunch. Portugal, no stranger to good, good wine as well. Um, oh, that's very true. Underrated, I think. Um, you know, I've I got the opportunity to live in Portugal for a very short period of time. Uh, my my wife, being from Angola, is a very native uh, Portuguese speaker, so it was a very comfortable place for her to be. Uh, what what I love about Lisbon is its relative ease by which you can get around with public transportation. But yes, just those cobblestone streets where they'll put out all of the tables for you to enjoy some very solid food with a really good glass of wine. 
and uh, and the beaches. You know, I mean, um, what I would take advantage of that I didn't get a chance to because of the very short period of time I was there would be, you know, the best thing about being in France or Portugal, I think besides being in them, they're both great places to be, is your ability to get around Europe the way like you might take a vacation from Wisconsin to say Chicago, right? It's the proximity of everything else. Yeah, when I lived in in Spain, we were we took a, a bus trip across the border to to Portugal, and uh, great, you know, Lisbon is is beautiful, um, yeah. fantastic place, great seafood as well if you find the the right spots. Um, same with the the Mediterranean in France, but um, Port would be the Madeira specifically would be the big selling point of Portuguese wine for me. But, you know, uh, I'm a an, port. I'm a 95-year-old British man, uh, so that, that might be why I love port. So, uh, so we're going to wrap it up there. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, stay tuned for more. We'll probably talk about some more countries. Maybe we'll do them side by side like this. We'll do a World Cup of financial planning uh, in the future. So stay tuned. Uh, appreciate you listening, and take care. Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and is not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.